Welcome to day four together of looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to focus on verses 19 to 22 today. We're looking at these reasons for giving up a right of freedom so that someone else can find the love of Christ. We looked at the fact I, I give it up so as not to hinder the gospel of Christ. I give it up because it's a privilege, because it's a reward. Reason number three echoes in some ways the first reason. And then Paul talks about a third way that we give up our freedoms. Reason number three is I give up a freedom in order to win as many as possible. Not just not to hinder the gospel, but number three, in order to win as many as possible. It's a positive way of saying the first one. So in verse 19, Paul says, Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Paul is reminding us here that no one has the right to hold another person at arm's length from salvation. Yet we can do that in the name of rights. Now, in one sense, Paul says, I make myself a slave to everyone. He's later going to say, I listen to the needs of other people and I respond to their needs. I become like those I'm trying to reach. It can make you feel like, if you don't understand what's going on here, that Paul is some kind of jellyfish Christian, unwilling to make a stand. The real truth is this. He was confident enough of Christ's love in his life that he didn't have to be self-impressive or self-impressed. He could be conscious of the need of others. He could see their need and he could meet their need. And how did he do that? I don't like this one. It challenges me. In order to win as many as possible, Paul says, the third way that I give up my rights is I make myself a slave to all. Literally, he was acting as if others are more important than himself. How did he do that? In practical ways, in verses 20 to 22, he says, here's how I do it. To the Jews, I become like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men so that by all means possible, I might save some. Paul says, I've become a slave to all. And then he begins to give his list to the Jews, to those under the law, to those not having the law, to the weak. I have given myself to them so that they can come to know Christ. I have made sure that I in any way could meet their needs so that their greatest need could be met. I make myself a slave to all. Now, Paul's list was Jews and those under the law and those not having law, the weak. How about your list? How about my list? In the end, in verse 22, Paul says, my list includes everyone. I've become all things to all men so that by all means possible, I might save some. So the truth of the scripture is, as followers of Christ in this world, we're like Jesus. And Jesus said, I did not come into this world to be served, but to serve. So if I think I'm in this world to be served by other people, or, and I think more Christians might fall into this category, if I think I'm in this world just to be served by God, he's going to meet my needs, he's going to do these good things for me, I've missed the point of my life on this planet before I get to heaven. I make myself a servant of all so that all can come to know Christ. Paul very clearly says here, here's my list, and it includes all. So who's on your list? And then even more importantly, Can I get to a place by the strength and power of Christ that includes all? I have the freedom to serve. If you try to serve apart from freedom, (laughs) that's slavery. But Paul says, I have the freedom to serve, even as Jesus had the freedom to serve, to go to a cross. I have the freedom to serve. 
As you look through these verses, there are some questions that float around these verses. One of the questions is, is Paul advocating compromising our convictions in order to attract people to Christ in verse 19? I become all things to all people in order to save some. He's not talking about compromising your convictions here. He's not saying if somebody's a drunkard, you go and get drunk with them. That's very clear. That's a total misreading of the scripture to say something like that. What he's saying is, if somebody is focused on the law, I don't mind talking to them about the law. I don't mind doing something that the law might require in my freedom in Christ, knowing that I'm not doing it because I am gaining salvation from it. I'm doing it in order to have a conversation with them. Now, this very truth is very confusing to very many people. The safe place to live here, and a lot of people live in the safe place, is the the legalistic place, the place apart from freedom, the place where we get in our little Christian group and we all do the same thing. We all do it in the same way. We all do it together. We all feel very safe. The unsafe place is when I reach out to a Muslim group or I reach out to a group of gays in my community or I reach out to a group of people who in their business practices have clearly been cheating other people or I reach out to a group of people who have been in some way ostracized by the entire community because of a decision that they made about schooling or about morality. The minute I reach out to that group of people that that little tiny Christian group doesn't agree with, and I go out of that group, I'm going to get criticized and I'm going to get attacked by that group. Paul certainly did. That's why he's writing here, because he's facing criticism and attack. The question is, it's not about compromising your convictions. The question is, do you have the strength of your convictions? Do you have the solid security of your faith of the love of God in Christ to be able to reach beyond where you are to people that are in need and even to sit down and eat a meal with them, their kind of meal, to sit down and have a conversation with them in their office and not your office? As long as it does not violate a clear calling of Scripture, as long as it does not call you to sin, can you choose to do that? This is where the legalists would keep us from being a witness where your freedom in Christ can cause us to make a difference in the world. So Paul's not advocating compromise here. He's advocating standing on your convictions in a way that you're going to need more strength for than anything else in your life. God, give us that strength. Another question around these verses is what in the world Paul means in verse 21. He's talking about the law, and he says, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. What is he talking about? He's told us many places. The whole book of Galatians is about how he's free from God's law. It is for freedom that Christ set us free, Galatians chapter 5. So how can he say, I am not free from God's law, but under Christ's law? What principle does this have to teach us about balancing freedom and rights? When you understand this, it unlocks some things for you. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says the law is good if you use it properly. James 1.25 says there's a perfect law that gives freedom. In John 13, Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment to love one another. In a sense, a new law. Matthew 5, Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So for Paul, when he talks about God's law, God's law in the Old Testament had not been abolished. It had been fulfilled. It had been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It hadn't been just erased. It had been made new. It had been fulfilled. So he says, I'm not free from God's law, but something new has happened. I am under Christ's law. So for Paul to be a believer didn't mean he ignored the Old Testament. It meant he saw the fulfillment of the Old Testament in Jesus Christ. It hadn't been abolished. It had been fulfilled. 
Christ's law, when Paul talks about that here, Christ's law means that the Old Testament law is no longer your standard for your salvation. But it, it doesn't mean that God's standard in the Old Testament isn't still your standard for morality. It's just fulfilled in Christ. Now you have the power to live it out because of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to live under Christ's law. What's the law of Christ? How is that law fulfilled? Very clearly, Paul talks about this again to the Galatians where he talks about this same issue a lot. That law is fulfilled in love. He tells the Galatians that the law that we have, you really need to only know one thing, that we're to love God and we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. It's the law of love. The law is fulfilled in love. The love of Christ on the cross and out of that, pouring out of that love of Christ on the cross, your love for others in your daily life. That's how you live out what we're talking about here. That's how you decide to become a servant to others. It's through this law of love. If I do it based on some deep sense of I have to do this because God told me I have to do this, you're not going to last very long in ministry or in service. But if you do it out of some wonderful sense of I'm privileged to do this because the God who loves me has called me to love others, you can live that out for a lifetime. The law is fulfilled in Christ. And the law is fulfilled in love. Jesus, we ask you today to help us to see how to serve, how to serve in love. And we ask you today to give us the strength to serve, to serve in love. We need your love in order to love others. Give it to us today, we pray. Thank you for giving it to us. Thank you for giving us your love. In your name, amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to see together a fourth reason for sacrificing a right in order to meet another person's need, in order to love somebody in your life. Mm -hmm.